you're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo-development, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bounding Box today, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Juan Carlos Franco. So, Franco, why don't you uh, tell me a bit about yourself, what you do, and uh, what your problem is. Hi, so uh, I'm Juan Carlos Franco, and uh, I'm a software engineer at Esri. Uh, I just have to say I've been a long-time listener, first-time caller, so I'm excited <laughs> about this podcast. Um, yeah, uh, no problem so far, just uh, enjoying life, like, uh, digging away at code. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, you're always very busy. I know that. But, uh, I mean, how long have you been at Esri now? I mean, you've been there quite a while, right? Yes. I have uh, I joined Esri back in 2011, I believe. Started on the Flex team, working on the Flex viewer, then moved on to the JavaScript team, where I got a chance to work on a presentation app for ArcGIS Online, and then shifted towards the JavaScript API, um, helping out with the widget space. And lately I've been focusing on components in the um, Cassie design system. Nice. Yeah, a lot of that Flex team uh, from back in the day just went into the JavaScript API, especially when uh, uh, it was decided that there would be a 4X, right? I mean, a lot of those teams transitioned over for that. Yeah, JavaScript won the the Silverlight and Flex battle, so we jump ship <laughs> <laughs> oh nice man yeah it's just a fun ride right <laughs> yeah quite the journey so you've been working on the core widgets in the api for a while that kind of was like your your main gig for quite a while on the api could you talk a bit about that like uh, the task of moving from the old dojo kind of digit stuff to the new widget stuff sure uh, i i it was quite refreshing to be honest the uh, we had, by the time I joined the JavaScript team, the widgets, uh, it wasn't really clear that, um, like each, each of the widget was its own individual entity. So moving to Forex gave us a chance to sort of align in terms of what we wanted in, for the API and having Accessor as a base really helped simplify a lot of code, um, and make the whole API much more cohesive and I believe much easier to pick up um, and start making wonderful apps. Nice. Yeah, and for people that aren't aware, I mean, the accessor in the um, ArcGIS API for JavaScript basically allows for uh, property watching and allows you to write a bit more reactive code and just makes things a lot more flexible than just listening for events everywhere, which is kind of in 3X, that was kind of just what you had to do. You had to listen for an event and everything. So that was pretty cool for 4X and having the widgets built on that. Um, now, the widgets are built kind of uh, interestingly, right? I mean, they, they do use a VDOM. Can you talk a little bit about how that, that VDOM works and kind of the library behind it? Sure. The, the, um, back in the day when we were doing the whole move to Forex, we were thinking about um, looking at different options in terms of what we wanted our widgets to, how we wanted them to be built. Um, we looked at React for a while. It was one of the strong candidates at the time. But um, if adopting it meant that we had to introduce two foundational classes, so it would be and um, potentially two ways of developing um, in the API itself. So we would have the accessor way and React. So 
after a lot of prototyping and going back and forth between a few options, we uh, decided that the best course would be to use Accessor as the base for our widgets and then use a lightweight UI layer on top of it. Um, we went with Maquette for the for that layer, uh, which is um, a pretty nifty, small, fast uh, VDOM library, uh, easy to, to work with. If you've seen any of the example code on, on um, out there behind the widget, you would see how um, it's, it's very familiar, the syntax to React, but it's not really React. And uh, Maquette has that thing, uh, that projector, right, which basically allows you to uh, treat each widget as kind of its own, um, basically small kind of VDOM app, right? That like I think people will ask a lot of times, well, why didn't you go with React and stuff like that? And if you did that, every widget basically would have to have its own kind of React Re React uh, DOM renderer or maybe kind of like a what's React portal today. Um, but McKenna already had that like this kind of projector idea to just you project a um, the VDOM into an element somewhere, and it's its own thing, right? Where they don't have to be tied together in any way. Right, right. Maquette, so it just it leaves all the component work to 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 the developer, and it just focuses on the that UI layer. So it makes it really easy once you configure it to to um, have something that turns JSX to to what Maquette calls hyperscript. It's really straightforward um, to create any sort of element. Yeah, that's very cool. No need to worry about any widget registries or any of that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, it has its pros and its cons, but uh, so far it's been, it's been we we um, still awesome. used, still pretty uh, hanging on. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh man, hey, so your latest jam has been a lead dev for calcite components. So I mean, cal calcite components. Kind of, it's been the calcite ideas for the calcite. I guess it's just recently called Calcite Design System. There was Calcite Web and stuff, but that's kind of been around for a while. I mean, can you talk about what the Calcite Components project is and kind of what its overarching uh, goal is? Totally. Um, so anyone that hasn't heard about Calcite Components, um, Calcite is Esri's design system, and uh, I've been working to um, like on the side of creating custom elements that support those the components that we need from the design system. Uh, these are uh, we're building them using stencil, and what we end up with is a library of custom elements that are ready to uh, plug and play. And Calcite has had many iterations in the past with the same goal, where we wanted to have a pool of components for different teams to pick and, and, and start using in their projects and focus on the on the main meat, um, you could say. And I, I think as of recently, the Kelsey Components project has really picked up and demonstrated that it is possible now with custom elements being the base of that um, idea. So I'm happy to hear that a lot of teams are picking it up, um, really enjoying the experience of of um, starting with a set of components that where the styling is already decided, the accessibility is already built in, um, and just allows them to concentrate on the the main aspects of their app or project. Yeah, I remember a while ago, a few years ago, we were seeing stuff about doing the custom elements and trying to introduce that, and it required a lot of uh, 
polyfills and stuff like that. It wasn't really supported in browsers anywhere. And I think the tooling today just makes building those web components and custom elements stuff much easier now than it used to be. Right? I mean, I mean, I guess it was Polymer back then, but even Polymer today turns into like Lit and stuff. So even if you had gone down that path way back then, you'd probably be doing rewrites today. So uh, we ended up in a pretty good spot there, right? Yeah, it's a great it's a great time to be uh, involved in web development. The browsers are really picking up to speed and the uh, need to polyfill things. Once in a while, you still run into that, but it's it's less, so that's pretty cool. And I, I think other than the uh, JavaScript API for like the the teams that are building apps that have maps and stuff in it, I mean, CalSec components is pretty much used almost everywhere now. I mean, all of the almost all the apps teams have adopted it in one way or another. Uh, so it's definitely getting a lot of initial feedback and stuff. So we're definitely dogfooding that particular project. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's it's uh, really exciting work. And it is on GitHub, right? So if people that uh, our users are using it, they run into issues. They could go on to GitHub and they could uh, create issues there, um, stuff like that to get some feedback to the team, right? Yes, we also have a reference page under um, the developers doc uh, under um, ArcGIS. The yeah, like just like you said, the the source code and the components are out there for um, people to check out, try out, and let us know what they think. And there's been a lot more. Um, I saw recently that I remember that there was one mapping tutorial up on the CalSite site, but then I checked like a month ago or so, and I noticed there's like two or three more uh, tutorials up now. So I. I guess I didn't catch them all as they've been going up, but that's cool. Yeah, the team's working hard in, in adding more resources to um there's we have examples showing how to how to wire up the components inside different uh, frameworks. Uh, if you wanted to to bring in the JavaScript API, we have some examples showing how to do that. So um, we're trying to make it easier for people to pick and pick them up and, and start using them. And there's there's CalSec components inside the JavaScript API widgets now, right? Not all of them um, are fully moved over, but I think most of them are, aren't they? Yes, it's a gradual a gradual thing we're doing. So every release, whenever we're introducing um, a new feature, a new design aspect to a widget, we try to bring in CalSec components whenever possible. And we're also doing some work there to just swap out any custom pre-CalSite components um, with their equivalents. And I think that's one thing that people may not really realize is that when the um, the team is working on either widgets or there's CalSite stuff happening, that there's also designers uh, in there as well, providing feedback, giving UI, X, UI and UX designs. And it's not like, oh, I need a, you guys should add a new widget, just get it in within the next release, right? I mean, there's a lot of iterations and feedback between different teams for that kind of stuff, right? Yes, so the, um, the team has been going through um, through putting in a lot of effort to try to make that whole process better. So just like you said, not just uh, any issue that comes in, we, we just immediately uh, push it out to production. We, there's a lot of enhancements or bug fixes that would could, um, well, it's more for enhancements, but there is a lot of cases where that means uh, that the design needs to be updated, and sometimes those updates end up uh, affecting more than one piece of the puzzle there. So, yeah, it's, it's quite the whole process. The, the whole design and engineering team working together has been uh, really good, and, and we're working to make it better. 
That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I know like uh even like with the widgets, like the search widget is used in a couple of other widgets. So if anything had to be tweaked there, you would notice it like every, like a bunch of other places. Not like it's just one place you would notice a change somewhere. Correct. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome, Franco. Awesome. So before I let you go, Franco, I, I need to to tap you here for any tips or tricks for listeners that are working with the API or web components or CalSite components or anything at all that you want to drop, drop for a tip. Uh, cool. Um, I'd say uh, to use a source look. The, um, it sounds pretty <laughs> simple, but just going through source code on GitHub, um, I found it to be a, a great learning resource. Um, again, it can help you discover uh, new APIs, patterns, or concepts that maybe you haven't been exposed to before. Um, you know, in JavaScript land, there's a new popular library or framework around the corner. So uh, there's plenty of resources there to kind of check out and see what makes them special and try to learn and adopt it into your own projects. Um, in terms of actual practical things that people can use, um, would you consider apps or plugins a tip? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Awesome. So I'm a big fan of using keyboard whenever possible. So I have a few apps that help me uh, do things in a more um, efficient way, or at least try to avoid the mouse as much as I can. Um, one of them is uh, called Alf Alfred. It's an app launcher on steroids. Uh, there's another one that I use called Rectangle. And um, Rectangle helps you move windows around and resize them to different parts of the screen. Dash is I use on a daily basis. It's a reference lookup. Uh, and um, it also has a neat feature where it allows you to pull in uh, GitHub repos as documentation sources. That's pretty helpful. Oh, that's nice. And for writing HTML or CSS, Emmet is a pretty cool little toolkit. It helps you with um, some shortcuts and actions quickly write up some HTML or CSS if you need it. So if you are into keyboard, all the things, these apps will definitely um, be in, of interest to you. Oh, that's awesome, Franco. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll let you go on your day. And thank you very much for being here. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Renee. Thank you for listening to The Boundary Box today. Please subscribe for more content.